It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and all of our other social media outlets. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. That's fanatic with a PH. The Dolphins play the Seahawks here in week four of the NFL season. The Seahawks are 3-0, and a very tough opponent. The Dolphins are 1-2. and Right now, the Seahawks are favored by 6.5. We're lucky to be joined by Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast, as well as the Field Goals podcast. Follow him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. Brandon, thanks for joining us here. Hey, appreciate you having me on, guys. You bet. So taking a look at the Seahawks, kind of from an outside perspective, you know, I remember back in 2012 to 2014, the Seahawks had a very efficient offense with Russell Wilson handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch and then the Legion of Boom on defense. Um, you know, a lot of things have changed since then. Through three weeks of the NFL season, the Seahawks are allowing over 28 points a game, but Russell Wilson has 14 touchdowns in his first three games of the season. What's kind of the feeling heading into week four here with the Dolphins? Well, Russell Wilson is still a very efficient quarterback uh, when it comes to throwing the ball downfield. And it's so that part is still there. He's just doing it more. And the, the the unfortunate part is the the running game isn't quite there like it was with Marshawn. But when you have Russ and he's two of three in terms of player of the week honors now through these first three weeks of the season, it's tough to argue. It's tough to argue really um, that uh, that the Seahawks don't need to be throwing the ball as much as they are. So uh, the the part where it, it there are parts where it is uh, making it difficult on this team, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Absolutely. And looking at the weapons there, I mean, DK Metcalf over the last six games, going back to last year, almost 600 yards and five touchdowns in six games. So those are near Julio Jones-type numbers. And then he's got Tyler Lockett on the other side, who's been very productive over the last few years too. Other than those two top options, what should Dolphins fans look for at the wide receiver tight end spot, guys we may not be thinking about? Greg Olson was the big offseason acquisition for the Seahawks at tight end, and you're pairing him with Will Disley, who has been very good when he's been healthy with the team. Unfortunately, he's gone down with injuries these last couple seasons, and devastating injuries too, with a knee injury and an Achilles injury. But he's come back now. Greg Olson had a key fourth down catch in that final drive, that go-ahead drive for the Seahawks against the Cowboys. So I think he's filling that role nicely. And then we have, in terms of receivers, a guy that Dolphin fans may not know is David Moore. He's the team's punt returner. He's a really nice player when you get him the ball in space. And so that's why he's been kind of the guy to, to get the ball on punt returns. He's also the guy, if you remember, a couple weeks back against the Patriots, he had that catch uh, right at the corner of the end zone where he got his feet down just inside the pylon. It was an incredible catch. And he does have that ability to get those 50-50 balls downfield. So David Moore is kind of the one guy, if you sleep on him a little bit, he he could end up beating you badly. Yeah, David Moore, six foot, 215 pounds, was a seventh round pick out of uh, East Central back in 2017. So certainly that'll make an interesting matchup with the Dolphins 
be interesting to see who covers who in this contest. But going back to the running back position there, Brandon, uh, as as of the time we're recording this, it looks like Chris Carson is probably not going to play in this game with uh, with an ankle sprain, I believe it is, after Tristan Hill rolled up on him this past mm-hmm. week against the Cowboys. Uh, it, Carlos Hyde, it sounds like he's going to be the one starting this game. Do you see him being the bell cow in this? I could. I just don't know how much they're going to run the ball because we've seen in the past three weeks where the Seahawks have been up big and they haven't been putting the ball on the ground as much as you might think being up multiple scores. And that's what's led teams to get back into the game late. Carlos Hyde would be the guy that I'd expect to get most of the carries. There's also a possibility that DJ Dallas, a guy from Miami who they really liked in the preseason could get called up and get some extra carries as well, along with Travis Homer and maybe spread the ball between those three guys to really get a look and, and see what they have in terms of competition. There, there have been times where the team seems like it's giving some more snaps to uh, players just to, to try and feel them out because we didn't have the preseason that we would normally have. Yeah. A lot of our hurricanes fans, are familiar with uh, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas could be the second and third running backs in this game. So it'd be interesting to watch there as well along the offensive line. You know, I, I don't have to tell you, uh, Brandon, going back a couple of years, it just seemed like so often Russell Wilson was just beat down every single year by pass protection. That all seemed to change a couple of years ago when they got Dwayne Brown in a trade. Um, how, how is the offensive line now after a couple of years uh, simmering there? One thing they're doing differently with the offensive line this year, they're, they're actually throwing the ball on earlier downs. And so it, it really is putting them at a position of strength, I think, on offense that we didn't see in previous years. And that's, that's what people are thinking are, is making it better for the offensive line. We're seeing a lot better protection for Russell Wilson. He's not having to bail out of the pocket quite as much. And, it, and maybe it's a function of some of the defensive lines that they've played in the in these past three weeks, but it doesn't sound like it's getting all that much tougher when taking on the Dolphins defensive line coming up this weekend. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And not a lot of sacks from the Dolphins on, on defense. They did play a little bit better toward the end against the Jaguars, but yeah, the pass rush is still not something to be feared from week to week. Uh, Brandon on the defensive side of the ball, obviously lots of changes over the last uh, several years. Uh, looking at what they've done in the first three weeks. Seahawks have been very good against the run. Um, You know, Ezekiel Elliott, they hold the 34 yards last week, but the secondary and the pass defense has allowed almost 440 yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, What's your feel right now on, on the Seahawks defense? I was at least optimistic uh, by the fact that they were able to stop Zeke Elliott and the Cowboys because through the first two games, the the teams that they're facing, they're running games. And, and by the fact that they were getting out to those early leads, it, uh, it, it meant that you know, teams just weren't going to be running the ball against the Seahawks. So that, that was the reason for me going into the Cowboys game, not having a ton of, uh, you know, not putting a ton of stock in the Seahawks defensive line actually being good against the run but but then we saw it against Zeke and the big question is the secondary for this team they have been getting up to two score leads they, they were up 31-12 against the Falcons uh, the Falcons came back to to get at least a respectable score in the end 
they were up 35-23 to the Patriots with four and a half minutes left in the game, and they still needed that last-second goal line stop with uh, going up against Cam Newton in the game. And then the Cowboys, they were up 30-15 to after the sack fumble to start the third quarter. They weren't able to close that out. The Cowboys go touchdown, touchdown, field goal. They actually take the lead, and then they need Russell Wilson to to make one of his game-winning drives happen. Happen. I mentioned the uh, the fourth the the fourth uh, down play to Greg Olson, and they they needed that to get that go-ahead score late in the game. So it's it's really going to be important for this team. We we thought we had a good secondary in Seattle going through going into this season. And it hasn't worked that it hasn't worked out that way through these first three weeks, and maybe that's the quarterbacks they're playing. I guess we'll start to see that going into this next stretch. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has been known to tear up bad secondaries too, so that's going to be something to watch in this game. It sure will. And the Dolphins' wide receivers, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, going up against Trey Flowers. And uh, Shaq Griffin is going to be an interesting matchup there. Also, Jamal Adams, at the time we're recording this, pretty iffy for the game. Pete Carroll said earlier in the week that it's going to be tough for him to to play in this contest. If he's out at strong safety, where how do you see the Seahawks adjusting to that? I see them trying to find other ways to dial up pressure. That's really how they've been using Jamal Adams a lot through these first couple weeks because the defensive line hasn't been able to put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. So they've been blitzing a lot and Jamal Adams has been a really big part of that. So they have made some adjustments, just playing more nickel defense and Ugo Amadi is a guy that you'll see out there on nickel a lot. And he was actually one of the best players in the secondary this past week against the Cowboys. So we're excited to see the emergence of him with Marquise Blair going down to injury for the full season. And hopefully Jamal Adams is back soon. But yeah, probably a guy that many Dolphins fans are familiar with with his time with the Jets and probably pretty happy that he's not going to be on the field if if he's unable to play this week. Yeah, Ugo Amadi is probably going to go up against Isaiah Ford in the slot there. That, that'll be a, a very good battle because you know, you've got two younger players who are going up against one another and, and have gotten better and better with every contest here. So uh, a lot of fascinating matchups here. On the front seven, obviously Bobby Wagner has made the last six Pro Bowls, arguably one of the best linebackers of this past decade, but they did lose Jadavian Clowney, Quentin Jefferson in the offseason. Bruce Irvin went on injured reserve. Um, if they can't blitz Jamal Adams frequently, where do you see the pass rush uh, coming from? They will tend to blitz Bobby Wagner. They'll blitz KJ Wright a little bit. Uh, they have some some other members of the secondary that they'll put in there specifically for that purpose too. So I think they will try and find ways. Shaquem Griffin, another guy, he was activated off the practice squad. Shaquille Griffin's brother, who uh, also played down there in Florida in college and. Uh, he's a guy that I think he will be counted on in this game to generate some pass rush as well. And he's a guy who can also drop into coverage. We we saw him in coverage uh, late in the game as the in the final drive for the Cowboys. So that could be a position where, um, you know, for Dolphins fans to look at and, and see where he's at on the field as well. 
So, Brandon, uh, what is your prediction for this game here? You know, the Seahawks have a chance to go 4-0, really stay among the elite here in the NFC and the NFL. Uh, they're favored by six and a half points. How do you see this game going in Miami? I do see this being a win. You know, it's interesting being a fan from the Holmgren era Seahawks. Every time the Seahawks would go out east and play at that 10 a.m. Pacific time spot, they would lose almost 90% of the time, it seemed like. <laughs> but under Pete Carroll, I don't think that they've – if they get the win against Miami this weekend, I think it'll be four straight years where they haven't lost in that time slot. So whatever Pete Carroll's figured out as far as travel goes to, to get this team in position to be ready for those early morning games, local time for, for the players – uh, he seems to have it figured out. And so that's not a concern for me in this game. I guess if you were to ask me what the biggest concern that I have with the Dolphins, it's what they're going to do with Mike Gusecki and to, to be able to cover him on defense because I don't know if they have a player who matches up with him well. And so I could see him going off, giving the Seahawks a hard time. But just the way that Russell Wilson's playing in this game – I I don't see where they score any fewer than 30 to 35 points against that Miami Dolphins defense. And so you're counting on Ryan Fitzpatrick to keep that team in the game. I, I think they win by at least seven. Okay, so we're looking at about a 35 to 28 prediction here. I'd, I'd say that's pretty fair. Got it, got it. So, yeah, and that's interesting with Mike Kosicki because he, he is just a unique player from week to week because he's basically a big slot receiver, as you know. And mm -hmm. if if you take those big linebackers, Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, and you put them in coverage, now they have less flexibility to, to play against the rest of the pass offense as well as blitz inside. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a – it looks like with the way the Dolphins and Seahawks have played this year, it's aiming to be a shootout. Uh, and Russell Wilson certainly has the upper hand on that. 14 touchdowns, one interception here in three games of the year. The first player in NFL history to have 14 touchdowns throughout the first three games. So fantastic football player, and we look forward to this game. Uh, Brandon, where can we find you uh, other than your social media outlets? And tell us a little bit more about you and uh, um, how our viewers can find you. Yeah, we have a new episode of the Seahawkers podcast up today and did a Dolphins preview in that uh, in that podcast, seahawkerspodcast.com. And then you can follow along sbnation.com slash NFL podcast to subscribe to field goals. And we'll be doing some more. Uh, we'll probably have a preview of the game coming up this Friday. And that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Seahawks matchup here with Brandon Schultz. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL, Paulus Fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side, and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us out. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side, side, and it must be the fifth side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.